Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Jonah and Ben Play Board Games with Friends. I am Jonah, joined, as always, by my patient, friendly co-host, Ben. Hello, hello. And today we are joined by, yet again, our good friend out in Pico Robertson, Los Angeles. <laughs> are you Nick. an LA local? <laughs> you know you know this place so well, Jonah. I saw it's your like post you on here. the Discord and I'm just like, what the heck is Pico Robertson? Is that is. really where you are? Is that really what it's called? It is by the intersection of Pico and Robertson. So that is the neighborhood. I also yes. saw that it is a traditionally Jewish community or something. Very, very Jewish. They have, uh, most of the restaurants around here are Jewish owned. And so they're not open on Friday nights or Saturday. Most, most on Saturday too. Some of them will open partly on Saturdays. So, But do they have Zadie's Hala? Uh, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. a just mm-hmm. like a chain brand you find at like grocery stores? Chain, mass yes, produced? but only up here, up here, yeah, being down there. So, <laughs> so um, it's actually funny because I got into I got into a conversation about this with my so my dad is up in New Jersey with me this week, and I got into a conversation with my dad and Ashley last night about Hala somehow and we were talking about zadie's and zadie's is a bakery like a local bakery that's kind of up near my grandma so my dad like grew up getting zadie's uh for holidays and just in general because challah is the best bread of all time and uh we like got into a discussion about it but they supply like the local like shop rights and things like that in this area because it's made in this area but it's so good it's the best so it's very good it was a trick question you're trying yeah, to make was... me look stupid is, yes. is your intention. Well, not difficult, wow. but no, I'm kidding. Wow. Just... <laughs> it's tricky because the supermarkets have Zadies and Zomix. So if you go there and remember that you want the hollow that starts with a Z, you're not quite there yet. <laughs> a little more yeah. complicated. <laughs> yep. So anyway, uh, speaking of Pico Robertson, <laughs> let's talk about why we're talking about Pico Robertson. Nick? What's happening this Friday? Uh, well, two Fridays ago on the corner of Pico and Robertson, there was a fire, <laughs> which wasn't your question. Well, <laughs> hot damn. Why are, we, why are we laughing about that? Well, I feel bad. Because he started it, I guess? Yeah. And Well, the thing <laughs> is, it, that's act, that actually happened on that corner. And Whoa. I think what, what, board, what Jonah's getting at is the uh, <laughs> board game meetup that's happening about 13 miles <laughs> from Pico Robertson. <laughs> but, you know, L.A. area. Uh, yeah. In the Valley. Big, big news. Board game meetups, they're happening. So what's the protocol? What does it say on the meetup page? Uh, it's chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just said, wow. Don't worry, it's chill. Opening uh, up this Friday, it's chill. <laughs> Bring your games. No, tomorrow is... The day that LA is lifting most of its restrictions on COVID stuff, where honor system, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And uh, yeah, and stores are letting people inside full capacity. Uh, I think they're like limiting like big events and sports 
things, which I guess is a big event. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not a fan of the honor system, I must say, because we, when we drove up here to Canada, we always stop at this vegan restaurant in Syracuse, and there's just a sign at the door that says "mask not required if you are vaccinated," and I'm not vaccinated. No, I am vaccinated, <laughs> so I don't need to wear a mask. That's the correct positive and negative for that sentence. Anyway, but I don't know that I trust other people because the people who are already out there not wearing masks before these signs were put up, how do I know those aren't the people that are out there not wearing masks now? Now, I'm not at risk, but it's still the principle of it. Yeah, I guess it's all about whether or not you think the principle is there or not because i mean you go in and you just i guess you say to yourself well i'm vaccinated so whatever right but if i trusted yeah. my fellow man we wouldn't have had a global pandemic yeah i mean i was at so when i was in when i was in florida we went to we went to universal studios and they don't require masks anymore for vaccinated guests but apparently, like two weeks ago, when my parents and my brother went, they required masks on lines and indoor rides, which I would have liked for them to keep in place. Right. But they they didn't anymore. It's pretty much I mean, Florida is just straight up do whatever you want anyway, because it always has been. But it was a little weird being in lines and you were packed together because they can't enforce anything. Um, and there are kids in the age brackets that, you know, can't get vaccinated and they're just chilling there with no masks. So like, just like the meetup, it's, it's weird. I mean, in my head, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, we're outdoors most of the time and I'm vaccinated. My whole family's vaccinated. So, you know, whatever, but it's also still a little uncomfortable at times just to know that, you know, my brother said it. I guess the way anyone would say it at one point where he's like, well, at this point we'd all have COVID anyway. So whatever, (laughs) like, I mean, you're there, you're packed with people like you're going to, like, it is what it is, but it is a little uncomfortable. I will say that. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a interesting landscape for us to traverse going forwards. Cause you know, I have, I have my, digital vaccine card in my wallet on my phone and i love it and Mm -hmm. i want to show everyone so doesn't everyone who's vaccinated want to show off to businesses that they are good to go wait is there just a photo no oh is there an actual vaccine wallet like app the place that i got vaccinated sent me something that i could add to my wallet whoa i wish i had that the date the dose, the lot, the barcode at the bottom. I mean, you two are staring at it right now. But for the listeners who want to also think it's neat. I wish I had that. I mean, I have a photo and I made a copy and laminated the copy. Um, just because I had heard potentially that they might like if you need a booster shot, they might add to your vaccine card. So I didn't get the actual card laminated. Um, Smart. So I've got that. But uh, I would love to have one that's on my phone. I mean, I have the photo, like I said. So right, I it's the same that. thing. <laughs> but uh, now, bringing the vaccine thing and back to the meetups, um, I did actually, I forgot that I had gotten a meetup notification 
for upcoming meetups in New Jersey now as well. Oh yeah. And this one, I guess was open. I it's from meetup.com, which I like, I joined when I was looking for board gamers way back when and like never used. Oh, meetup.com is great. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I met people at Lone Eagle and then I never ended up using the meetup.com meetups. You met Joan on Craigslist, so you didn't need to. Missed connection. I met I met Joan on Reddit. <laughs> Looking for I met Joan on Reddit. Players in oh. my area. Sure, That's it's optional. Why... <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, continue. Ben. In in <laughs> any case, I guess they were open to vaccinated people doing meetups before because now it says all are now welcome. The unvaccinated and asymptomatic are now welcome to join, but must wear a mask. They will all be together in one room, perhaps with others as well. But they do have a vaccinated only room. The VIP. The meetup. So that's neat, I guess. But, you know, I would assume if they're doing that, they would make you show your vaccine card. Which, I mean, some board gamers are already a little temperamental to begin with. I feel like that might just bring up some garbage. Like when you say oh no you can't come into this room if you don't have like that i don't know i'm not gonna go but i feel like that would make it awkward but so I don't nick know. what are you gonna do this friday are you bringing a mask no mask do you know what games you're bringing do you have any friends that are gonna be there you're gonna make some friends uh some pico robertson friends my best friends um uh let's see i'm insulted already <laughs> marty cantor Jennifer S, Marsha, Linda, <laughs> Leslie, and Jacqueline are all going to be there, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I this is a meetup that I went to once, like mid March of last year, so the week before quarantine started, um, and it was really fun. It was like a nice big open space. The the place is kind of far away, but I mean, it's worth it. Um, and they all were interested in at least like medium weight games. It wasn't like a all party game filler thing. So that was I uh, sim- similar minded and taste tasted <laughs> people. Uh, so yep, it's uh, and they're friendly. I don't know, it's. It's there. I've been to like four or five, and like four other meetup meetings with this other group. And they, this was also last year. And it's a little awkward just since you don't know anybody, and the right. time in between games is a little weird because some people like they didn't come to socialize, they just came to play board games. And so they're not like super interested. Or maybe they're nervous, uh, but most of them are pretty nice. And awesome. This, one, this one's like a large number of them are of the older community. Uh, the OG board game crew, LA, keeping it down. Uh, and it starts at 3 on Friday, so I think it's going to be more of the that crowd earlier on too so starts at three and ends at seven o'clock so they can go home and go to bed (laughs) no surprisingly goes till 10 so these they go hard that's cool yeah so what are you gonna bring Uh, i know you have your bag packed already got just printed out some player aids for hansa teutonica right that 
uh, I got uh, Via Nebula. I've been wanting to play that. That's a Mar- Marty Wally. Wow. Uh, which is like. <laughs> and who is Marty Wally for those we're, not we're in the on, know? We're on, we're on that kind of a name basis now. Marsh, Martian Walrus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Martin Wallace, uh, designer of such games as Brass. <laughs> and its and... sequel, Brass Birmingham, and <laughs> yes. its prequel, Brass Lancashire. <laughs> yep. And uh, I really like the crew. Gonna bring the crew. That seems like such an easy game to get people interested in. That was like so such a quick, easy learn, and then yeah, you have because the and the game the rounds are so quick. You, you know my like, favorite thing about it. Huh? It's the thing that you're about to say right now. You don't have to commit to fifty missions. You play right. some missions. Each mission is under five minutes. You want to keep going, you do. You want to stop, you stop. Yep, yep. It's like a filler that is has such a higher replay value because every you can play, you know, all the missions are slightly different and some of them are very different. And yeah. Right. Is, you uh, could also be insane like Jake... Gemma and Lauren. I think you've. I know you've played with Jake. Have you played with Gemma or Lauren? Yeah, I've played with Gemma. Uh, they had a twelve-hour session of the crew a month or two ago, in person. Just sat down, started at mission one, and uh, went for it. <laughs> that that sounds that like sounds insane. I would love to do at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and what other one? Oh, well, I'm gonna bring my Pax Premier Second Edition, and I'll, I'll, I'll just sprinkle it, sprinkle the word. Oh, you know, by the way, I had, yeah, it's it's gonna take 45 minutes to teach it, maybe, and <laughs> you're gonna do oh by uh, Coley Whirly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's a game where I think I may need, I don't know, either people, someone else who's also already played it, or I don't know. I've never taught it, and it's it seems. I've taught like... it a few times. It's it's a tough teach, but when everyone understands what's going on, well, game one is of course going to take a bit, but when everyone has played that game, it is surprisingly quick. I played a four-player game in I think like an hour and a half, which mm-hmm. for that game is wild. Yep, yep, and I have to be sure it'll not be with a group of five people because right, I played one with five people and it was the worst. <laughs> was, I I had anti-fun <laughs> in that game. It was That's so not what you want to hear. No, it was just all frustration and just inability to do anything significant. So just sounds like my swingy first turn, game swingy of, turn, swingy turn. Sounds yep. like my first game of Gaia Project. Uh, yes. Well, speaking of Gaia Project and the crew, why don't we transition into games that we've played, and I'll start with Gaia Project and the crew. Uh, (laughs) The lockdown has been lifted on uh, Hiawatha Lane, where we are staying. Um, Anyway, we can do stuff again. It's wonderful. So we're playing board games. We have started the crew. Jessica, her parents, and myself. Good full table of four for that. We are up to mission 15 or 16 now. 
which is great. Just, uh, you know, playing a mission or two a night, which is fun. Uh, it's also really fun to play with her parents because they are established trick-taking players. So they have played a lot of Euchre in their day and still do. And uh, we were talking last week, I think, about the right group or the right game for the right group with Paul. And it's always interesting with Jessica's parents because they have interesting play styles and Jessica's dad always likes to talk about his thought process while he's thinking, which doesn't always work in cooperative trick-taking games when you can't know what is in someone else's hand. Uh, And he'll just be sitting there talking for like a minute and a half before he plays a card. And Jessica's mom is like, just play something. (laughs) Put a card down and we'll see what happens. And he's just like talking out his whole thought process and it's always so funny. Uh, That's enjoyable. We played a bit of Teach You, which is nice. Got to settle into some of that. And believe it or not, I played Bus with them. I laid out a few games on the table. We had like two and a half hours. It was 7.30 in the evening, so we were we were okay to play something long. And I said, you know, this game is about rolling dice and catching fish. It takes five minutes. This game is about working together to guess numbers behind a card or whatever. Shipwreck Arcana. And this game, Bus, is this really cool game. And I was just like <laughs> gushing about it. And then I was like, you know, uh, which one do you guys want to play? <laughs> Talk about uh, forcing, forcing uh, as if you were a magician, forcing a card to a part in the deck for somebody to draw. Yeah, really. So we played bus and that was a good time. It's okay. I kind of did. I actually kind of did the exact same thing when I brought uh, Rococo, Kanban, and the Gallerist to Paul's for that game day. I put them all out on the table. I'm like, this one's medium weight. This one's really good and I really like it. And then this was the one I really brought here to play. But I'm okay with any of them. It's like cheating in Hanabi. This is a two. Yep. And this is a two and this is a two. Yeah. Yeah. And and you said that they they understood bus and didn't get furious and one of the other people won, Jonah? Yeah, Jessica's mom won. It was a very typical bus final score of eight, seven, six. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. They both understood it. And another fun thing about Jessica's dad is he is an engineer and he needs to know how things work. So anytime I teach a game, he asks, you know, like, would I want to do this? Or for focusing this towards bus, you know, should I be playing more than two pawns? two workers every time should i put down four or five and you know every single game i'm just like i can explain it to you but it's not going to make sense so we'll play around and then you'll see okay i should maybe do this or i should do that so yeah they understood it and i think they had a good time and yeah yeah that's uh i bus i i don't know if i ever if i've told you this but it was like I think that was like one of the first games I played with you on tabletop simula- simulator, Jonah, and I like it was the first like crunchy interactive make me feel something game because I had basically just played like 
it's, you know, the common Euro-y kind of uh, resource management. Agricola, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Nick, Nick games. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is a whole different deal. Um, and then but, you said, when did this come out? 1999? <laughs> <laughs> but my i think the like the, the last two times i played it i just felt so bad like it <laughs> i really like the interaction and i like doing well in it but inevitably i do something really dumb or get punished in some way that i yeah i should have seen or whatever bust things splatter things yep. and i just it left it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and i know there now i know there are other games out there that don't make me feel horrible and so i think i think that's why i've slowly moved away from bus i would still yeah i still would like playing it every once in a while but it's just i get that it, feeling it hurts with other water games but i mean i didn't bus. make cutthroat moves against these first time players in this no. of course right right yeah, and but maybe there that's were... why I liked it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> right. There were, you know, there were two turns where Jessica's mom, we get to the very bottom to the vroom step, and it's her turn, and uh, all the people are where they want to go. And she has a pawn down there, and she picks it up, and I say, so, uh, Katrina, what you gonna do right now? <laughs> she looks <laughs> at the board. Yeah, I understand that feeling. Yeah. So does she. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep. Yeah, I. Oh God, I lost my train of thought. Someone else say something. <laughs> Bus room. Well, I like I was saying before. I I get that same feeling from other spotter games, but it hasn't happened yet with Bus. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Bus is. It's kind of funny that you bring up like playing it with somebody's parents who might not be you know big time heavy game players even though they sound like they play more games than most parents that i the heaviest game they've ever played is azul before bus for the record which just goes to show like the fact that bus is as crunchy as it is but also accessible to players whose heaviest game before that was azul is is kind of crazy um but i mean it's such a in my opinion it's such a good design that it can do something like that yeah I really agree, and that's, you know, I brought that and two other games of similar weight, and I knew that if one was going to hit the table with them, it was going to be that one, because the rules overhead isn't as crazy as a lot of the other ones. Like, another game I brought is Tokyo Metro, but that's to maybe play with someone else. But in Bus, and it's funny, I actually, I tailored my teach with that in mind, because I was thinking, you know, let me let me ask you two. What is the most finicky rule in the game of bus? Uh, the um, where you can place your roads with like the end end pieces of the roads and like being able to cross other people's paths in but uh, like when you're building your roads. For me, what do you think, Nick? Uh, well, the thing that I have the hardest time with is just the placing of the different shops and the time or the different stops and the time how that's integrated with each other because the clock moves right yeah so the explaining of the movement of the clock was done a time or two but ben you're right on the money i just didn't even teach 
the expansion of routes when I taught the game because I knew it was totally irrelevant until we started and it would only add confusion. And I think that might be the way to go when teaching bus because I just I taught the game, we started, we put down our two lines and then with the first line expansion, it's, you know, one block. So I said you can put this on one end of your line. And that was fine. And then after that, when it got to be where the rule actually mattered, I said, okay, now that you've seen a round go by and you know how people get where they want to go and you know what these buildings are, this is how the line expansion works. And they were like, oh yeah, I see why you didn't explain that earlier. So I realized that maybe it is in fact good to not do a complete teach every time you teach a game. A rolling teach, Ooh. as Ooh. they say. I don't let's know just, let's just get started and uh, we'll learn as we go. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what almost everybody that I play games with requests, but that's not how I like to teach some games. Some games I feel like can be taught that way. Other games I feel like you need upfront rules, explanations, and then maybe you can bring some things in later. But I feel like most of the games that I end up teaching are the ones that need some upfront rules explanation. Meanwhile, I'm playing with my brother, who's always like, oh, you know, We'll play as we go. And right. doesn't want to listen to us. So. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, you know, stop talking and then when they notice, yeah. <laughs> resume. I just have one more I, game to talk about. I love my I love my brother. Just he turned thirty this past weekend. Oh. Actually wow. two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So just want to say I do love my brother, but when's his birthday? Yeah. Just before Jessica's, I guess. The thirtieth. May thirtieth. Oh wow. Yeah, Jessica's is the fifth and she just ran her marathon yesterday, so congrats to jessica running a solo marathon yeah in the roads of rural canada i actually ran her home the final five kilometers i was prepared to drag a corpse back to the house (laughs) she was in rough shape at the end (laughs) you brought your wheelbarrow (laughs) i should have uh anyway final game that i'll talk about before i swing it over to you nick because of the game we played together Uh, i played gaia project this morning at 7 a.m. with people who live in Australia. It was a good time. It was two people's first game of it. And it was interesting because one of them had the Terrans, who are the people who do a bunch of Gaia forming. So they have to look at those strange transdim planets and move the Gaia formers there. And then the power goes into the Gaia bowl and then it's you know it seems super finicky and the other new person was playing as the taclons which is i have a brainstone that's worth three power and that's basically it that was my and, first game where i didn't build close enough to anybody the power cycle so i was looking at these two factions and we played as the starting ones and those are two of the starting ones and i was thinking that the person playing as the terrans would have difficulty because it's just kind of a weird idea to wrap your head around with all the power moving and the planets and the shifting, because it's totally different. But the Terran player actually did quite well, and the Taclons stalled out a bit. So Gemma was playing as the Taclons, and she didn't have the income she needed. So a couple turns in a row, she actually had to pass super early on. And I was like, oh, this is like Ben's first game of Gaia Project. I hope you don't hate this. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's one of those, uh, 
I I don't get it. I I will fully admit, Gaia Project, I don't understand how to correctly do the engine building. I played the Taclons and I played the Terrans, and both times I just saw you <laughs> running around with your green super cubes, feeling bad about myself because you were doing all these <laughs> cool things, and I was just like, had this failing engine because I didn't prioritize building mines or the trading posts early on and that just stunted my engine building but it's a but as i said before clans terra mystica gaia project for me of the terra mystica family of games uh was that the order clan clans on top yes yes clans number one but that's just because I don't know. It's it's a clans is great to wrap yeah. my head around. It's because you we played talk, it twenty talk times about, on Board Game Arena. <laughs> we talk about clans all the time on on here. So. It's just so good. It is. It really is. I have to play again sometime soon. But I also have to play. Uh, oh God, you were talking about again. Bus. I need to play bus again soon too. So you do. Yeah, I haven't played in a while. Can I say what I played this this past Well, what week? have you played then? Yahtzee. I, pre- I was down in Florida still, and I just came up this past week, and I literally just played Yahtzee with my mom. Does your family know how to play Liar's Dice? No. My family knows how to play Scrabble and Yahtzee. And Flickr. That's, and yes, Flickr, which is Crokinole, which I've played as well. Um, and I guess since we're doing this... On a Monday evening, I can talk about what I played yesterday now because I played some stuff yesterday. What so did you I play yesterday? Uh, Ashley and I continued our campaign of the initiative. Um, so we probably played for about two hours, two and a half hours, and we got through three missions. Um, I still really like it. Um, I'm really enjoying like the mechanics behind it and some new gameplay elements have been added to like change up, like how pandemic legacy adds like some rule changes and stuff as you go. Um, This does something similar. I'm not going to spoil anything for those who might want to play, but it is a quick, easy game, easy to teach to people who don't, I mean, not that I'm not that at this point, Ashley doesn't play many games, but it's easy to like i would feel comfortable teaching this to my mom like i think she could play this and she literally just plays yahtzee and scrabble so like it's not hard to teach to people it's easy to pick up and play and it plays quick and i'm really enjoying it so far so uh we played about three games of that uh and then i also got smashed at zombie dice we played a quick game of zombie dice which i think i've discussed which is just like a push your luck dice rolling game and the dice have feet brains and shotgun blasts and you roll three dice at a time there's green yellow and red dice and green dice have more brains than yellow dice which have more brains than red dice uh and the inverse for shotgun blasts so there are more shotgun blasts than brains on the red dice and ashley beat me 13 to nothing so because you're trying to get to 13 brains so i got destroyed um there were a few times in a row where i rolled three shotgun blasts at a time in one roll so that was fun, but that's really all I've played lately. So, very quick uh, update from my end. I don't think I understand what the initiative is after having briefly looked at. You're the not supposed to board game geek. So, 
like just how the game functions or what it's supposed to be yeah what are you you're moving on a board yeah and so what i will say in Uh a non-spoilery way because if you look up the first mission basically uh, you're you're playing as a group of kids who find a an old board game called the key uh at like a garage sale and the first mission kind of shows that there's this mysterious guy like watching the kids walk away from the garage sale with the key um so it's a little sinister i guess but in the game you take the roles of these characters that have special abilities and they're kind of like agents or spies i guess you could say um and there are these pieces that look like manila envelopes or folders whatever you want to call them and there are these glyphs so there's a setup card that tells you like how many of these folder tokens to put in each room on the board and behind the windows on this little standee thing that they give you um it's there's like riddles and glyphs and as you walk around and gather those folder tokens if the glyphs match what's in those windows, you can flip it up and it will reveal actual English letters um, or whatever language you're playing the game in, but we're playing in English. Um, So it will reveal actual letters. And then you're trying to answer the question that's on the card or solve a riddle. Um, And as you go through the game, uh, you're reading through like the rule book is a comic book. So you're like reading through this little comic strip, as a lead up to each mission that might introduce like new rule sets and things like that. Now, the only thing I will say about the game and we kind of artificially extended our gameplay time, the, uh, the (gasps) latest mission that we played just because we knew the answer to the riddle. And if you like, as a team decide you want to guess, you can guess early, but if you guess wrong, you lose. But we were just trying to get more, tokens to see if we were correct um we kind of knew we were correct and so the only thing i will say is so far except for i think one mission we've guessed the correct guest it's an educated guess but we've guessed the correct answer to whatever the riddle is correctly each time we've played through five missions so far and i think one of them we had to play through to the end without being able to guess so it's a little easy so far but there are so many mission cards that I have a feeling some might come up and some of them say like you have to unscramble the letters. So it's just like jumbled letters. So if you don't have all the letters, it's going to be really hard to guess. So that's my only complaint so far, but I think it's going to get more difficult as we play because on the back of the rule book, it shows 14 missions and we're through five. So we're not even, you know, we're not even halfway done yet. So yeah, but it's really neat. It's got a neat mechanic system of like play a card higher than the previous card in order to do an action, which I like from like Gugong, things like that. Yeah. So you're smart is what you're saying. You're, We're geniuses. <laughs> you're above the, well, no, I, I was going to say above the intelligence of their targeted audience, maybe, but maybe they want to make it I don't know. not super difficult because I know I've played like the... I've played games where I was, what uh, I played, uh, <laughs> I was very bored one time, so I played one of the unlock games, which is like 
you know, so you got the cards and their clues. You put the cards together, blah, blah, blah. And I hope I, no one who's listening really enjoys this, no, no, no. those games. I was really bored once, <laughs> so I played this game. No, but I got it on tabletop simulator just oh man just to see and because i was like well it's free and i don't know if i'm gonna like it so i'll try it there and if i like it i'll buy another one whatever uh but some of the things were just so frustratingly like if if you miss a clue or miss something it's just impossible to figure out what the next step is and you're just like sitting there staring at this thing for like five minutes and it's like asking if you're an idiot the whole time (laughs) and it's just like a number hidden on something in the corner of a room and they're like well you can ask for a hint which i ended up doing and that just kind of ruined the whole thing for me um yeah but yeah i i think i would rather have it well i don't know i want it yeah i guess you want it to be at least a little difficult so you have to think a bit but yeah. Not... I mean, there have been some pretty neat things. Like, for example, as you're going through some missions, some of the glyphs will relate to things that you might want to write down that you have to use in later missions, um, which is neat. So, like, we started keeping, like, a little notebook. Like, we have a little mini notebook that we keep in the box because we're writing down, you know, there's secret cards that you can get throughout the game, and some of them might have you decipher things, and we're writing down those answers or, like, things that stand out we write down so that if we need to come back to it so it's pretty neat and interactive in that way it's just that some of the guesses are easy so far and i i'm interested to see if it stays around this level of guess um but i'm enjoying the game itself so it doesn't it's not taking away from my enjoyment of playing the game does it make you feel smart ever like like when you play not like totally serious is it is it a game that you know is that where some of the satisfaction comes from or you, is it just like the whole um package i think it's a combination so some of them like the ones where you have to unscramble words so far like it felt really neat to like write these things down and like write out all the potential options and then like finally hit on like the right option. Um, Some of the things have like, what is it called? Substitution ciphers, I think it's called like, and there's actual like decoding that you need to do, Um, which is, which is cool. So um, some of the satisfactions there, but for me, I think most of it really just comes from the, the combination of, like in, in Gloomhaven, you can't say what number your initiative is on your card, but you can say, like, I am very fast this round. Things it's like, like Battlestar that. Galactica. I can contribute a lot. Yes. And this game, and I'll just really quick run through this, which I think I mentioned, like, the first time I talked about the game. But, Nick, for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through, like, this bit because I think it's really neat. There are four options that you can do on your turn. You can run, which is move. You can gather, which is pick up those folders. There is intel, which is like scout a room that you're not next to. And there's regroup, which is remove all of the cards from one of those actions. Because when you play a card, you play it to one of those actions. And then the next person who goes has to play a higher card 
than that. And the cards are numbered 1 through 12. So there's 36 cards you can draw from in the deck. So there's three sets of 12. So that means, like, if you put... If you have nothing on run, and it's empty, but your cards are all, like, 8, 9, 10, 12, you're, like, screwing your teammates out of being able to use that. So, like, you might have to work together to say, you know... I'm really going to clog this one up if I go, but you can't say exactly how high your cards are, but you cannot regroup the regroup action. So when you play a card to regroup, you can never take them away. So if you play a high number to regroup, it's going to be really, really hard to clear out the other actions throughout the game. So you almost always want to play those like one, two, three, four, five, six, like in order. So you're really trying to communicate without communicating. So it's kind of like a combination of my favorite mechanic from Gloomhaven, which is, you know... Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. Wow, of course my watch picks up what I'm saying because (laughs) of whatever. Um, So it combines what I like about Gloomhaven, which was that, you know, trying to work together while keeping that bit secret with the Gugong like card replacement mechanic with like a higher value. So I think putting those together is a really neat combination of mechanics to put into a co-op legacy style game. So I think that's where most of my satisfaction satisfaction comes from, but figuring out the puzzles is also cool. I, I like games like that. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. I asked because I found that those kind of games were like, I feel like trying to be smart or like coming up with some smart thing. Like I get, very little <laughs> satisfaction from them just because they uh similar ones i could think of were like scrabble where you're just trying to like come up with like a word from the letters or um sherlock holmes consulting detective which isn't like super much a board game it's more just reading it's reading <laughs> <laughs> but they're 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 games that i feel like you're supposed to think your way through or i don't know what but they're all i feel like you don't think your way through them it's always just waiting for something to click in your brain and there be like an aha moment that just kind of feels like something that happens like i don't feel like i right not continued deduction you just arrive at a point magically and you're like okay yeah exactly and uh yeah especially Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. Ooh, that one. Because it was like, you can't play the actual game because it's impossible to beat Sherlock's score. And so you're just like, all right, well, then I guess I'll just try to do well, but I'll read most of the clues. And then it's just like, okay, now I've read most of the things and I can put some stuff together. Or otherwise, you need to make like these logical leaps or connect things that aren't super clear. And, anyways, that. I feel a lot smarter playing other games <laughs> than I do playing those games. Um, yeah. Like the unlock game. It was just like, okay, either I get it or I don't get it, and there's not really an in-between. So anywho. Uh, but yeah, I played unlock. I played uh, uh, the crew with Jonah. We played ten, nine, nine rounds, or one eight and then played like 12 total something like that something like that definitely uh and project l 
Project L. That's the one. That was the polyanomenomino. Cinnamon. Card drafting. I don't know if that's card drafting. You're taking from a market of polyomino cards and putting your little pieces on the cards to get more polyomino pieces that so you can fill out the other cards more. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I was going to like that game, but it was okay, and I... But I also like silver and gold, so I think that kind of tracks. They both give me just as much enjoyment as I need out of something light and kind of puzzly as they are yeah project l was a pretty neat little design it's this engine building polyomino game where you start everyone starts with the same two little pieces just a one by one and a one by two and you have three actions on a turn and you have you know like five choices to choose from and you have these other cards that you can take and you want to try and fill them out and when you fill one out, you get the pieces that you put in it plus a piece back that it will say on the top right. Like, just standard Tetris pieces, really. And yeah, it was, it was pretty neat to just, you know, build up these this mass of pieces to then try and put more and more down. And you can have, I think, four cards in front of you, and one of the moves you can do is a master plan or whatever. And that lets you put one piece down on all of your cards, which you can do once per turn. So you want to get more pieces and more cards and then try and make things work so you can do the master move and put down four pieces. And yeah, it was a cool little engine builder polyomino thing. My favorite piece is the Z piece. I had four Z pieces. I thought it was an N piece. Uh, I don't know what it was. But I liked it, <laughs> apparently, because I had a bunch of them, which made uh, doing the puzzly part a little difficult. But Yeah, I had a few squares. It was a little strange. <laughs> I remembered, unless you have more to say about Project L, and no. it's fine if you no, do. No, I was going to talk about something else, so you go. Okay, just quickly, only because I think Ben wants to hear about it. I played Shamans this past week. I was actually going to bring this up when you were talking about teaching games, because you had mentioned the teach was a little rough. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, so I played Shamans on Tabletop Simulator. Someone posted on the TTS Club group saying that they were getting a game together, and I was like, oh, I've been meaning to try that out. Uh, Not free now, but let me know when you're playing next. So, got in a three-player game of Shamans. Shamans is a 2021 release with fantastic art and it is a trick-taking game with a traitor t-r-a-i-t-o-r element in it so it plays three to five i think it should only be played at four and i played it at three once so take my opinion with a heavy (laughs) grain of salt um but with three players it's two shamans and one bad shaman with four players it's three shamans and one bad shaman and with five players it's three shamans and two bad shamans i think the right ratio is that three to one in a four-player game uh and there are these different suits 
And it's like hardly even a trick-taking game because you'll play a card and other people don't have to follow suit. And the only thing that happens if you win the trick is you lead the next one. You don't even get the cards. They just go in front of the icon, the logo, the suit. That's the word for a trick-taking game, a suit, surely. Uh, so anyway, in this three-player game, you play to eight points, which will take a few rounds. And there were one, two, three, four, five, six. There were six suits in play for us, and they were numbered one through six. And it was really strange because you play a card, and then the other two people can play whatever the heck they want. If they play a card that was in the same suit as what you played, but lower than yours, they got to take a token from the top right that had some power. If they took if they played a card in the same suit that was higher than yours, they got to lead the next trick. And if they played a card that was off suit, it moved a token in the center. There's like a score token. It moved it a step to the right. And if that middle token ever gets all the way to the right, the bad shamans win. So you just kind of have to fend them off throughout this game. Uh, and... You know, you don't know if someone's playing off-suit because they're short-suited in what was led, or if they are a bad shaman, which is a little weird. But there's this other part where if you... So each suit has a power associated with it, and when the last card of that suit is played, that power is activated. But what's weird about it is it's activated, and the person who wins the suit decides how it happens. So one of these powers is a dagger, and you can eliminate someone else from the round. But if I play a five of green, and then someone else finishes a suit, and someone else finishes another suit, those two people who decided to finish those other two suits don't get to do anything with that power because I won the trick. So it's this weird kind of clunky feeling card game, trick-taking game, even though it's not trick-taking. And I think it would have been better at four players. Additionally, it has a mechanic in it. I don't know what to call it. It's in Love Letter and a few other games where you are dealt cards out of a deck, but like two or three are left out each round. So you don't know what cards are actually in it or not in it. I don't think I'm a fan of that. So that would mean that certain powers would never be able to be activated potentially. Right. And it's weird to not know that and try and plan around it and try and figure out who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. Also, these tokens that give you some powers, like if you have a dagger token, then when a dagger suit is completed, if you win it, you need to have that dagger to eliminate someone else. Hmm. Um, but one of them, if you pull it, you are forced to reveal your role to everyone, which felt kind of strange because you didn't have a say in it. But anyway, that was Shamans. It was a little <laughs> strange. I'll definitely have to give it a try what do you give at it some Jonah? point i give it a six yeah all right it was worth a try because i'm always looking at new trick-taking games and new card games but uh 
Yeah. Give it a six. The yeah. games with hidden roles that are like more complicated than just like a basic social deduction game. I've had. I'm speaking about uh, that one game I played with you, Ben, and like five other people. Where yes, um, the hidden team. Veiled fate. Veiled fate. Oh right, one. with the secret stuff. Right, yep. and uh, Archipelago. Two games that are slightly more complicated and have hidden information, and so are like Euros built on this hidden role system. There, I feel like it's it would be very difficult to make a system that is not kind of clunky and weird on top of that, because there is like I don't know any any added complexity is just you can't plan strategically so much because of all of the unknown elements that are like antithetical to the Euro games. But the the one we played, Ben, I don't, I can't even remember what it was about it, but I just remember feeling like kind of okay about it. And yeah, I think it was because a lot of it um, had to do with like voting. So you had a say in how a lot of things went down because you're voting on like how these how these missions are going to be resolved or like what way they're going to go and you're trying to not necessarily advance your own piece but you might want to advance another piece strategically so i think it kind of gave you more options so you weren't forced to just be like oh i'm the traitor in like air quotes and you know sometimes it's hard to play the straight like part of the team player when you were the traitor but in that case everybody was kind of the traitor right so i think it might have been that now i will say in games of this style which is a great segue into the next bit because i'm actually reading a little bit about it or i was reading a bit about it today anyway um i think that's why battlestar galactica is such a well-loved game because it's got the hidden traitor stuff on top of like a more advanced system, but none of I've, I've played a few times and none of it felt clunky to me at any point. Like it all felt like it came together really well. And on that note, they just revealed that unfathomable game, which is the Lovecraftian themed version of Battlestar because fantasy flight lost the license to Battlestar Galactica. Um, and I actually sold Battlestar Galactica today, the base game, to cover a pre-order of Unfathomable because I figure I'd rather have the game where I can actually get more parts of the game in the future when they release expansions. So <laughs> I covered my pre-order with Battlestar Galactica, but I'm interested in seeing how that one plays out. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting that. I find, like, I never thought I would like games like this. Like, I... I was always skeptical of like werewolf type games or like even blood on the clock tower at the beginning. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I made that noise, that exact noise. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I remember it well, like it was yesterday. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm really like starting to take a liking to games like that. I think it's neat. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny you brought up Veiled Fate. There's been some like production updates on Kickstarter because I did oh. keep my I did keep my pledge for it. Um after we had played the game, because that's why I, that was the first game I think I had mentioned. That was like the first game that I played before the Kickstarter ended to try and make a decision. And I, I really enjoyed it. 
and it looks good so far. They're showing off all like the metal miniatures and things like that. Uh, this is a quickie segment of Ben's backings from uh, this for our OG listeners. Back of the week, yeah, is uh, Veiled Fate, and uh, it looks good. Um, it looks like it's coming along, and I'm excited. So, did you yeah. end up getting the wood of board? Of course, that you were gonna use as wall art or something. Well, they're actually. A... I'm actually excited because they're sent. They're they're including storage for it, like a storage box for it. So it's not like it's one of those because it comes out, it comes apart into pieces because it's, you know, I think right. the map is like not set up the exact same way every single time. I don't remember at this point in time, but uh, yeah, it's coming with like a storage system, which I think is cool. Um, but I did back it and I think I backed the colorful one. So they had two that were like, they looked like the burnt wood that you normally see like laser cutters when they like burn lettering on and it wasn't super legible, but it was really neat because it was like engraved. But then they had one that was not engraved, but it was vibrant and colorful as an option. And I think I ended up going with that one because just visually, I think it was the easiest to follow where parts of the board were. So nice. Uh, I, so I'll have to come out to, uh, P R L A. I don't remember the. I don't. Pico remember Robertson. Come on. Yeah, that there one. There was Pico. a fire there, I, dude. You should know I this. Knew the, <laughs> I knew there was a Pico in there. I didn't remember the, the second one, but I'm gonna come out to Perla, and uh, I'll bring it. I'll bring it with me. Bring an extra check bag to bring along all that, the wood. Well, uh, ideally, I would still be able to bring three seventy-pound bags with me. My gosh. Three seventy-pound bags. Yeah, when I when I was traveling for work a lot, it brings up the status, and when you hit a certain level, you can bring three seventy pound bags with you on a plane. And I'm like, who oh. would ever need three seventy pound bags? <laughs> That's maybe crazy. we should have moved some of our stuff to Via Portland plane. with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I have I got one update this week from my backing of Tinner's Trail 2021 edition. Another Martian Walrus. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that should be his new title. Can I <laughs> can I write to him? <laughs> Excuse me, Mister Walrus. <laughs> can I can I suggest a name change? Um, which is uh, yeah, remake of an older game. I played it once uh, with some people on the TTS Discord uh, group, and I thought it was good it was weird but good what's it about uh so it's like you're digging up copper and tin in uh england i don't know if it's a specific part it might just it doesn't matter it's all the same gray landscape (laughs) yeah and so you're like bidding on plots of land and then there's tin and copper in there and you have a action time track where whoever has the most amount of time left in that round gets to go and that blah, blah, blah. anyways it's a euro with some auction stuff and uh and that's your jam yeah yeah, yeah. and the area controly type stuff so and the production got moved up which is like i feel like an unheard of thing on kickstarter where like things happen faster than they plan but it is uh, very rare that's for sure i think i did it in like 
fall of last year, maybe, and then it's coming in August. So just wow. about one year. I think uh, cool. I backed Tinners or uh, Tokyo Metro before. I don't even remember when that was. That's that was a while ago now. Somewhere down the line, but that's yeah. I haven't gotten an update on that one in <laughs> several months, but whatever. I I trust him. He was able to get his previous games out, so. That's right, Mr. Draper. Mr. Draper. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about Squaring Circleville? Did you look into it more? <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of well. I so I played it on Tabletop Simulator. Oh, against, you didn't tell me? Against myself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's one of those games where it seems like three or four players is the the good number. and uh, See, Ben, this is how you have to try out these Kickstarter games. <laughs> the, But it was it was weird. It, like, was... Obviously, Tabletop Simulator isn't the ideal way to play a game, but it was just, like, the board wasn't super clear, and you had to, like... Put, there was like you build sections of this city on top of the board so they're like radial cutouts of the city the circleville that you once you develop certain parts of the city you put the parts of the board on and then you do more stuff and so there's like a whole separate board that is meant to be built on top of the one board and yikes it looks like there's just a bunch of yeah different things and it just seems a bit clunky but i mean it's uh what's the name of the producer the spielworks right uh, who they did the cost yeah they're known for doing like kind of weird out there games that aren't your typical kind of deal and uh so i don't know i I would be interested in playing it if somebody else got it, but I don't know how likely that is me encountering someone who got it because it it wasn't getting much attention. But it looked kind of cool and had things I like in games in it, but it uh, it didn't wow me. Mm-hmm. What else is on your radar for Kickstarter games or just games you want to try in the future? Uh... I have a list of games that it I'm going to It has grown to 35. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love game lists. Oh, Nick has one that gets updated all the time. Uh, Nick, well, this, send me the game list. This is These are ones that I'm like actually going to buy because I'm 90% sure I'm going to like them. I have otherwise my list of like 50 games that I just want to try. <laughs> but the, these ones I'm waiting for sales. And Rookie numbers. <laughs> I have a uh, Chinatown for sale, Bonanza, Dice Fishing, Raw, Taj Mahal, and then Survive Escape from Atlantis. Is this is... the purchase list? This is the purchase list. Yeah. Wow, are... Bonanza. Yeah. Taj Mahal. <laughs> they're uh, yeah, they're all, and they're. I don't think they're all. I don't think any of them are like super expensive either, which is what helps keep them on that gonna buy almost no matter what list if they're on sale. So, but Raw is the top for me right yeah, now. Yeah, I was gonna that, bring Raw up. That next uh, edition to come out whenever that happens. I would, I think, play Raw anytime in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to try it. It's really neat. I got absolutely screwed over by 
what I am going to say is randomness, but it's really my idiot interpretation of randomness because humans don't understand randomness, which I think has been proven, me especially, I guess. But it is a really neat game, and I see why it is the the best auction game around. Yep, it's uh well one of the things that I liked about it that I didn't think about until after I I think I just saw someone talking about um what's his other popular auction game? Modern uh, art. Modern art, yeah. Uh was just how like Raw is obviously player dependent and you know the players set the pace of the game and can i guess whatever but the go ahead is it going to be about the number tokens and how it's like kind of a closed economy or whatever but you can bet on things that you don't want just to get a higher number yeah yeah the well the modern art i just felt like it was so like somebody else could lose you the game kind of deal where like if somebody else auctioned off a thing for whatever anyways it it the player run economy and modern art just i don't know it it was there was too much happening outside of my control that i didn't like so much that yeah also it would there there wasn't enough there for me but raw right two, two raw, thumbs, raw. Three, raw. three thumbs so why don't you tell us about raw a little bit <laughs> uh yeah auctions set collections uh bidding rah 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 <laughs> i don't know it it just it's an auction game but you have three bidding well in our i don't know how many you have i think it depends on per player count but uh you have these bidding tiles that are numbers one through 13 or something and then you use them to bid on lots of tiles that you use for your set collection and then there are different rounds that are uh, ended by you pulling out certain tiles from the bag and uh, yeah it's a game where I feel like I'm playing as much against the game as I am other people and it feels it doesn't feel super bad or I can forgive it. I can forgive the bad feelings when things don't go my way as like, that's just kind of what happens. If that's uh, just raw. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's see. I think I had, uh, Oh, I mean, I know I talked to you about this, Jonah, but if we're on the topic of games on the purchase list or games coming up that are interesting, I did just finally, uh, I have no interest in CO2, which is a really I think cooperative Lacerda game. Um, I have almost, I'd play it, but I have almost no interest, but I completed my Lacerda collection. I have pre-ordered Gross. from a retailer, Lisboa and Vinos. So, I will have completed my Vito Lacerda collection and I then need to play them all. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, and yeah, I was, uh, I found like some pretty good deals on those. So I'm looking forward to, to playing them. I know that you have strong feelings about all of them. So I can't wait to hear what you think of Lisboa. We'll have to have Jake on when you play Lisboa. 
Has he played Lisboa? I played his copy three times. Oh, so he likes Lisboa. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure I'm sure he'll listen to this and he'll message us in Discord saying whether or not he liked Lisboa. That's right. But... We'll wake up to a message about his Lisboa feelings. Yes. But uh, on the topic of trying a game, I hope this one comes to Tabletop Simulator in some way, but I'm very, very interested in my father's work. Oh, yeah. But I would like to... I'm currently in for a dollar because they said a dollar gets you access to the pledge manager. But there's only like one pledge level and there's like three missions in the game. But it's like like they've been blowing up lately. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it seems neat. It's like I I haven't I don't listen to that. Send me one of that garbage. Yeah, board game podcast. Gross. I don't even I don't even listen to this garbage. No, I'm kidding. I like this one, but uh, no, I mean I would listen to some. I just I don't know. I feel like I drown out things in the background and I never actually process what they're saying. I don't know, but I don't know. It's neat. It seems like there's like these experiments, and you are trying to continue your father's work. So like you play through a generation and then your character like passes, passes away and you're like playing as your like child, My I guess. Or, like, yeah. So then you're, you're trying to complete your father's work and it's like a long, heavy, like story game with like three scenarios. And I don't know, it looks neat, but I hope that it comes to a, digital platform to try before the pledge manager runs out because it's i mean it's 99 dollars, so it's not super cheap well it's not cheap at all um saying super cheap is stupid it's not cheap at all and i'd like to give it a shot but it looks like it's a neat concept so i don't know that one that one was on my list of things i'd like to try ideally but yeah i don't know i figured i'd bring that one up since we were talking about some games that were catching our eye of course Can I talk about something else? Nick is waiting on bated breath over there. <laughs> uh, well, I just am back to one of the first topics of the podcast. I'm Please. caught up in this whirlwind of it's so cyclical. Fully entering the board game world because I didn't really get into it until like just before the pandemic happened, and so I only went to, like I said, like five meetups, and uh, so my experience in the real world. Is, uh, You're like a pandemic that... puppy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how I view myself. Uh, we'll see how you play with strangers. The the <laughs> Strategicon. I totally forgot that there's yeah in L.A. Uh, yeah, it happens three times a year, coming up in early September, so just three months away, whatever that arithmetic is, and uh, <laughs> I'm very excited i think go on <laughs> yeah no it's they had you at strategic <laughs> it's not super far away and it's like i think only like 50 bucks to get a three-day pass i mean i would only go for two but that's like a pretty great deal for it's like three <laughs> well i, don't know. I took off only... work, work to go to pax unplugged for three days yeah. same I did that as well. And continuing with that, yeah, are you guys planning on going to any? Do you have your sights set on any conventions or big things? 
big happenings? So I saw that BGG Con was happening in Dallas. I think this year, like it was actually going to happen. Um, I'm not. Go- I mean, I'm not. I'm not going. Um, but I think it's interesting that they're having one. And I think Gen Con has a virtual con as well as an in-person convention, which is interesting. Um, I'm going to wait on PAX Unplugged, which is probably next year. And I will most likely go depending on how things are looking then. Um, Just because you never really know. But for all we know, a year and a half from now could be okay for a convention. But I would like to go back to one because I really did enjoy PAX. But I have no idea. Believe it or not, I have my eyes set somewhat on shucks next year maybe because vancouver is not that far from portland maybe i'll come join you. especially vancouver that's on the other side of the river in washington that's five (laughs) minutes away it's the wrong vancouver though. but vancouver canada the good vancouver has the uh shut up and sit down expo and yeah i don't know what else is going on in the pacific northwest board game wise so well there's pax west i don't know where that is though i thought that was in like austin is it pax west uh i don't know i don't know anything i know pax unplugged that's it but who knows maybe oh, i'll fly PAX out west and see is portland. in seattle that makes a lot more sense yeah maybe i'll fly out and see portland for the first time and then drive across the border for the first time and see vancouver for the first time bring your canadian wife it helps I don't have a Canadian. <laughs> Wait, where? <laughs> I'm trying what? to find. We're all Googling things, people. Oh, okay. No, You're it's... looking for Vancouver, Washington? Is that where it's showing me? Don't no, you live on the is... West Coast? I don't know. Only loosely. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't stray outside here. of Pico Robertson in Koreatown. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm flying out there, Jonah. We're, we're getting a hotel room. Oh, am I going to meet you in person? bottle service <laughs> at the uh, hotel room <laughs> this episode is aptly named <laughs> <laughs> Nick and I. uh yeah but anyways i'm also just the post pandemic wanting to really do things and go yeah. places i'm you know maybe gonna be pushing it dangerously with my new job and taking a bunch of <laughs> unpaid time off but you know, that's, 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 I think that's... Is that an option for you, taking unpaid time off? I yeah. mean, it's an option for everyone. It's just if you have your oh, job after that. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. what <laughs> what their opinion is of it. But, yeah. you know, they seem to like me. So, I'll... Uh... You're a likable person. <laughs> and I've I'll... never, and I've never even met you. <laughs> In person. Yeah. I could that's be, right. I could be r- real weird. You don't even know if he has legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's actually true. I don't. I don't. I think you do. I've seen you walk, but could it's be a just, robot. It's a hover. It's a very shaky hover that I do. <laughs> Levitation. Um, this has gotten weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never been to Canada either, so that's like a doubly good reason to go there. When is that happening? Canada? <laughs> no, Chuck's. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I think they canceled this one that would have been in like October or something. So I figure next fall things should be conventioning again. Nice. 
Yep. yep. And you'll be nice and settled in your new place. Oh, I love it. Prices are in Canadian dollars. That is means that, it's cheap. Is, is there a good... That trend? means it's cheaper. Oh, nice. Canadian dollars are not worth They're American weaker. dollars. Yeah. Thank yeah. Canadians. Make That's why... Um, what is it called? Um, there's a shop. Board game cafe? Board game... Something. Board game there's a, no, there's a Canadian <laughs> board game shop. And they have like free shipping at like 150 US dollars. But board you can game get... Geek, uh, a. You can get a ton of games for like if you even if you don't buy from them, they charge like eleven to twelve Canadian dollars to like ship across the board. It's weird, but it's cheap. You can get games for cheaper if you check check some of these Canadian sites out. Sometimes. Do they have Raw or Bonanza or Taj Mahal? Let me look one second. Inquiring minds. <laughs> so we're gonna bring a a huge we're gonna bring a big cardboard box and fill it up with board That's games it. and smuggle it's board, them over board the board. Boardgamebliss.com. Boardgamebliss. Oh, I've actually shopped from there. Yeah. So, for example, they have one unit of Gaia Project for one hundred six Canadian dollars. Uh, it's which really like is eighty five. Which is eighty seven U.S. dollars. So this that's cheaper than math. other places. Well, I can use Google. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes if I can't find a game at a US based shop, I check out Board Game Bliss. Sometimes. Yeah. I shop on Amazon mm. occasionally. For board games? Yeah. Because they have so many. Oh, and I'm going to get a $25 Amazon gift card from my work for doing this survey. For being a good boy. Yeah. And... For taking unpaid time off. <laughs> <laughs> We like your stuff, kid. <laughs> take more, take more time off, and we'll pay you for it. Uh, they, no, yes. something else. But I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get a a Tichu from Amazon because I was just looking at games under twenty five dollars and we waste don't of money. We don't mention that garbage game in Ben's <laughs> presence. Waste, waste of money. I should give you one of my copies now that I have four. What? <laughs> Wait, why? Just give away the copy that we lovingly put a lot of person personal messages into. So Ben and Patrick and Greg and all of our friends in New Jersey. Uh, well, I think Ben and Patrick got together to do this. Pat Patrick was the facilitator. Patrick was the facilitator. I was the finalizer. They bought uh, a deck of Tichu. Or they bought a box of Tichu, which apparently comes with two decks. And they... Uh, distributed it to all of our friends in New Jersey, and we got a good set of farewell messages, including shrunken pictures in like sleeved cards, you know, so just these yeah. tiny pictures on these cards and writing and all this stuff. And it was very nice of them. Also, and some of it was in black light ink. <laughs> black, yeah, black light active ink. I wrote some stuff like I did for our D&D campaign. So anyway, that came with another set of Tichu cards. So I was gifted two decks. And I already have two dumb, nice art decks of Tichu. The Italian? That's right. Look. Is that the one? That, I don't. I wasn't able to find that one on Amazon, so I don't know. Uh, it is impossible to find, which is why I paid a whopping $15 for it. Woo! Big spender. 
That's Did right. you get it from some local trade? Uh, the Korean edition of Tichu, Tichu Deluxe. Pretty good deal. Yeah, it's not the Italian one. Um, I have that, that one too. Okay. It's this. It's the same art. The Italian one comes in a little bag, which is nice and cute. Nice. Yep. Yep. That's. I may have told you before, but I think that's the game that my parents are gonna like. <laughs> I've played a few, and no, nothing is stuck yet. But I think Tichu is the way, the one. All right. Good luck. Well, Ben is shuffling cards, so I think that means we need to. <laughs> no, I just we need to end it. We're talking about card. No, we're talking about card He's games. He's cutting so the deck. I'm cutting us off. That's it. <laughs> oh, oh wow. That's not what I was trying to do, but okay. He's done it. Oh boy. Well, Nick, yes. say goodbye to everyone for us. Bye. Goodbye to everyone. That sounds <laughs> bad. Yeah, that sounds like something's <laughs> gonna happen, Jonah. All right, I guess I'll do it. Well, uh, <laughs> Nick, thanks for joining us for another Nick at Night. Thank you. Yeah, for it having was good. me. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was nice to see you again, Nick. It's been a while. It's yes. It's uh, the days of the tabletop simulator crew are sadly over, but the, well, the I'd door still of... like to play some games. No, nope, so. never again. <laughs> Sorry. This I'm pandemic sure puppy has to spread its wings. I've got real world uh, board game friends to hang out with now. <laughs> like, wow. Like Marty Cantor, Jennifer S., <laughs> Marsha, Linda. Except we know who Wesley. Jennifer S. is. <laughs> yeah. We do. Oh my God. All right. Well, on that note. Thanks for joining then, I guess. <laughs> yep, thanks for joining everyone and please tune in next week for our 52nd episode of this weekly show, which I think means a year. Whoa. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Big stuff. Pre-congratulations. Thank thanks. you. Notice Post, how you're not the guest, you. Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you especially made sure to bring me on the one before. Yeah. That's right. Nice, classy. No, I'm just, because we knew you had to spread your wings. Right. You're an amuse bouche. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, again, thanks, everybody. And thanks to Louisa for the music throughout.